Hi, I'm Divine Grace Pushka, and you're listening to Divine Talks. We all embark on this spiritual and healing journey at one point or another on our way to a grand transformation. And truthfully, although our journeys look different from one another, we're all learning similar lessons and hoping to arrive at similar destinations. As we go through life, we are continuously stepping onto this journey, continuously healing, evolving, and becoming better with each experience and with each quest. Here, I offer a sacred space filled with heart-led conversations about our spiritual and healing journey, along with stories of spiritual triumph. Tune in to channeled messages from spirit and beloveds from the higher realms and receive a vibrational attunement for your day. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Divine Talks. I'm your host, Divine Grace Bushka. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. So this week, we will continue our series with um, the first three chapters of A Little Bit of Grace, the spiritual memoir. And so last week, we covered chapter one. And this week, we will go ahead and start with chapter two. So again, if you have the book with you, whether it's, you know, paperback or, you know, the ebook version, feel free to follow along and read, you know, through the chapter as I, um, as I read it. So last week I left off um, from chapter one, the end of chapter one, where basically I had um, said goodbye to my groom-to-be and um, my family and my friends and had them all you know, start cruising away towards <laughs> Cabo San Lucas, where I was supposed to get married in the the next three days. And so I'm at the cruise terminal with one of my maid of honors, one of my very good friends, Kayla, and I'm watching the ship start to slowly inch away from the harbor. And my heart just drops a million miles below existence. And I think to myself, what the hell was I thinking? I'm supposed to be on that ship. But instead, I'm at the harbor following spirit and my intuition's guidance. And they've asked me to just let my family and friends sail away and to tell them that I'd be there in three days time or that I'll meet them there in three days time for my wedding. And that to call and that I should call my friend Carlos, which was completely random, but I went ahead and followed through. I said, I told my friends and my family, go ahead, get on the ship. I'll meet you guys there and we'll have a wedding and, um, and enjoy. And then after that, you know, I, I was standing there at the harbor, <laughs> dilly dollying at this moment, um, about calling Carlos, my my friend, that spirit and my intuitive my intuition had um, guided me to do so, and so I talk about how the hardest part in you know all of this in this process is is really just following through, hearing you know the guidance from spirit and you know receiving it from your intuition. You know, now that you know what you know, what are you going to do about it? Awareness is great, but it's really, it does nothing if you don't do anything about it, if you don't apply it, right? If you don't apply what you've learned of what you've just received. 
And so the hardest part about this process is doing that, or one of the hardest parts, I should say, especially when it comes to, you know, having blind faith and listening, listening to our intuition, following through with our spirit guides guidance. Because a lot of the times it just, it seems so impossible, impossible, improbable. (laughs) And it just seems like that would never happen. But when we have faith and when we follow through with that guidance, miracles do take place. And so follow me along. I'm at chapter two of my book, A Little Bit of Grace. And so we'll see how this story or how this adventure, right, unfolds. So chapter two of A Little Bit of Grace. Tear after tear rolled down my cheeks. I felt like an utter failure. I was supposed to be on that ship, and there I was, not on that ship, and crying over losing a game of -of tug-of-war with fate. And then I heard it again, loud and clear, call Carlos, and maybe even, okay, Grace, stop being a wuss. Like a shot of adrenaline waking me up, I took a deep breath and diverted my attention to my oversized purse, scrambling to find my phone. Thank you for the reminder, universe. But really? Carlos? I hadn't spoken to him in about a year, not since he had congratulated me on my engagement. I had worked with him at a bank a handful of years ago, and we'd remained friends. Despite our continued connection, it was still beyond random, because, well, we rarely communicated or touched base with one another. But at that point, I was going to take whatever option or guidance there was. I hurriedly dialed his number. Right away, he picked up. After I finished telling him what happened, a fresh round of crying erupted. All I heard from the other end was laughter. As I struggled to keep from cursing him out, he quickly took a couple steps back and confirmed the story to make sure he had heard accurately. So wait, dude, you're trying to get to Cabo, and out of all the people on your contact list, you called me? That's really funny because my family and I are flying out to Cabo tomorrow. Wait, what? I I was in shock, but kind of not. Of course I'd heard right when Spirit had instructed me to call him. I mean, this thing called intuition, magic, guides beyond this physical world. Maybe it's all true. Damn it, Grace. Of course it is. This was yet another instance when the universe had interjected and proven its mighty and kind existence. And again, I was still somewhat questioning. How many signs, how many validations do we really need? But of course, we're human down here. Our fears, doubts, and insecurities get in the way. We forget truth. If we only knew how powerful we really are. Carlos continued on, somewhat disbelieving. I could hear it in his voice. Okay, I'll tell you what. Let me call you back. Give me five minutes to ask around and see what we can do to get you there. I had no doubt he'd call me back. That he was asking the plethora of individuals in his network to see what we could do. And yes, this whole thing seemed impossible. Because what kind of people in their right mind decide to take this route? Probably not a lot. Maybe just me. But because the universe had whispered into my ear to call Carlos, and because he was coincidentally flying to Cabo the next day, 
there was no room for questioning. This huge synchronicity was confirmation that I had an invisible army on the other side guiding me, and it was impossible to fail. I needed to focus on my why and not on how I was going to get there. The details that made up the how, the logistics, they were going to magically come together if I focused on my intention and purpose, my why. This I believe strongly. As promised, five minutes later, Carlos called back. I listened intently. Okay, after speaking with a few of my friends, here's what we've got. We have three options here. Option one, go home and purchase a ticket for the flight that my family and I are taking. It flies out of Tijuana. There are still available seats, so hurry. Print your tickets out. Next, make an appointment for the earliest time slot tomorrow morning with the passport agency in downtown San Diego. Bring whatever legal paperwork you have that might help you get a passport. Bring the printed plane tickets with you to the passport agency. If you tell them that you have flights and plans to leave the country and show them proof, they'll be more apt to help you get a passport. Next, call the shuttle company and arrange your ride to the Tijuana airport for our 3 p.m. takeoff. Then, go to Kinko's and get pictures taken for the passport that they'll hopefully give you tomorrow morning. Lastly, eat a good dinner and get some sleep. You've got a lot of work ahead of you tomorrow. That's option one. Option two, if they don't give you a passport, get on the shuttle anyway. Get to Tijuana and get on the plane. We'll get to Cabo a day before the ship arrives. You'll have time to get to the U.S. Embassy. Tell them that you are a U.S. citizen and that you've lost your passport while traveling. They'll be able to confirm your citizenship right away and give you a passport. You'll be able to walk down the aisle, say I do, and cruise back up with your wedding party, no problem. And if that doesn't work, we'll go with option three. Option three. If they don't give you a passport at the U.S. Embassy in Cabo, walk down the aisle anyway, say I do, and then kiss your new husband goodbye as he and your wedding party board the ship to cruise back home while you fly back to Tijuana. At the border, as you re-enter the United States, although you won't have a passport, and you'll spend a handful of hours most likely getting interrogated, they will probably and eventually be able to confirm your citizenship, and you'll be able to re-enter the United States. So what do you say? Let's do this! As he finally finished, he reassured me that it would all work out, and even mentioned examples of people he knew that had used those strategies successfully. Okay, I'm not going to fail. It was about 5 p.m., and the clock was ticking. Kayla and I hurried on home and I quickly got online to purchase plane tickets through Valeris Airlines. As I was purchasing the tickets, I remember pausing at the part where it asked if these were going to be one-way tickets. I looked up at Kayla and thought, yes, of course, we're getting on that ship and cruising back up with them because, well, everything will work out. I'll get a passport tomorrow and all will be good. I'm not sure if my positivity at the time was because I trusted that it would work out, or if I was trying to persuade myself that it would. Either way, it helped keep the energy light and helped me stay confident, which is sometimes all that one needs in the pursuit of combating fear.
After purchasing our tickets and printing them out, we quickly made an appointment with the passport agency and reserved a shuttle for pickup at my home and delivery to the Tijuana airport across the border the next day. It was one checklist item after another. I could hear the clock ticking in my head as I hurried along. There was no room for dilly-dallying or allowing myself to wallow in my sadness from a couple hours before, or even entertain doubts and fears of not being able to attend my own wedding. I had to focus and continue on with determination and unyielding confidence that I was going to get on that ship. After accomplishing the tasks on our list to secure a successful day ahead, it was time to feast. Similar to a last meal preceding a fierce battle, before I went face to face with fear's greatest minions, I wanted this meal to be appropriate, soon to come glory. So of course I chose pizza, because well, pizza is always a good idea. We drove to my favorite pizza parlor. Although I was getting married in a few days and needed to fit into my wedding dress, at this point, I didn't care about anything else but eating a really good pie. As if it were a pre-victory supper, I scarfed down my fave slices and more bread on top of that, something a bride-to-be doesn't usually partake in a few days before being zipped up in her white dress. Before calling it a night, I phoned my groom. Briefly, I told him the plan. I could tell he was saddened by the situation as a whole, and in his energy, I felt his doubts. I reassured him that it would work out. He also did his best to reassure me that he did believe in me. Well, you always make things happen, he reminded me, and probably himself. He constantly told me this, and if anything, I needed to hear it that night. Because although deep down, I knew there wasn't anything in my life I couldn't make happen, doubt scurried up and down my spine trying to persuade me otherwise. But I refused the outcome that was opposite of my happiness, and onward I went. Waking up early to get downtown in time for our appointment, I felt alert and energized despite the lack of sleep from the night before. I wasn't sure if it was excitement or anxiety that jolted through me, waking me up to the stark reality of go time. I might win and I might lose, but I wasn't going to walk away without a fight, one which might be brutal, but for what I was fighting for, it was worth it. We made it on time in spite of Monday morning traffic. Walking up to the window, all I could think was, Please, God, be here with me. Fill me with your grace. As I started to explain my situation and showed them my tickets, it became obvious they weren't going to help me. You have no evidence that proves your citizenship or even your identity, the clerk said, deadpan. Here it was, coming at me like a full-speed train on steroids. I had lost. I don't have enough documentation to go forth. I wasn't enough. Oh no, there's that limiting belief. I am not enough. Whoa, wait. Was I really going to allow myself to quit right then and there? No, I had more to do. I knew it. That was a small blow. It barely grazed my being. 
I realized that I was still standing. I pulled out the letter I had gotten from the immigration office confirming that I had done my due diligence and pursued that avenue as well. The letter stated that they were in the process of collecting the paperwork that confirmed my citizenship. I watched the passport agency employee reading it, scrutinizing his face for information. This guy could have been a whiz at poker. The room felt crowded, brimming with antsy and bored individuals who waited to be called up to a window. I felt like I was at a mini DMV. I couldn't wait to get out of there and be done with all of this. Okay, he said. Huh? Could it have been that simple? Why am I questioning? Take it, Grace, just take it. So I did. Your passport will be ready in two hours. Perfect. We'll have enough time to make it home for the shuttle pickup. Round one in the clear. Everything was in the clear. I could leisurely continue my morning as I waited for my passport to get processed. I was on cloud nine. Is that Heaven Symphony playing in the background, celebrating my success? Yes, it is. Kayla and I walked down a few blocks to grab some well-deserved breakfast at a nearby French bakery. While waiting for the server to take our orders, I called the cruise line to let them know that I hadn't boarded the ship in San Diego, but I'd be able to the next morning in Cabo. Our French toast was on its way. I know, more carbs. And before it arrived, my phone rang. Well, that was fast. Passport done already? Hello, you were just in our office. Can you please give me the confirmation number you received from the immigration offices for the order that they put in to get your paperwork? Um, unfortunately, I didn't receive a confirmation number. Oh, how much did you pay for the order? Uh, I wasn't asked to pay for the order. Well, without the confirmation number, we can't proceed with processing your passport. Really? Hold on a minute, please. I motioned to Kayla that I needed to get back to the passport agency and that I would meet her there. Still on the phone with the guy, I quickly got a cab and zipped back to the office. We went over how I hadn't been charged for the order and hadn't received any kind of confirmation number either. We brainstormed other options for working around this issue. The only way to go forward will be to call the immigration office and pay for the order over the phone. Then we'll use that confirmation number to finish processing your passport, the staff person said. Well, this blindsided me, like a surprise jab from an opponent I wasn't expecting from behind. Sitting in the lobby, I quickly got a hold of immigration. After explaining my crazy situation to the rep on the other line, this was the news. Unfortunately, you can't make a payment over the phone or even online. Brick wall and dead end once again. Tick, tick, talk. The option to walk over to the immigration office a handful of blocks away, wait in line, get some sort of assistance, and return to the passport agency in time to get my passport processed and printed was nearly impossible. Time was a huge opponent. I couldn't physically stop time. 
That would be complete and utter magic. And I wasn't at that level yet. Or was I? I sat on a bench in the lobby of the passport agency thinking about how close I had come. As I slowly accepted failure, I heard, really, you've come this far. You're really going to quit now? You're here already. Might as well get back on the 10th floor to speak up for yourself. Although I felt puny, the message of the voice within empowered me to get up anyway and march my little butt back upstairs. I'm not sure if I shook out of nervousness or if it was really that cold in the building, but my whole body sort of trembled. I could feel that pit in my stomach fill with fear. I couldn't entertain that emotion. I needed to refocus on my purpose. I was going to at least speak my truth, whatever it was at this point. Still shaking with nervousness and not really knowing what to say, I walked up to the window. Immediately, he asked how much it had cost for the order. I told him what it was. I knew the amount due to my earlier conversation with the immigration office. And then he asked me what my confirmation number was. And before I could utter a particle of speech, I prayed, Spirit, be present and be my voice. Without the answer he was looking for, all I had left was my truth, and I needed to speak it. I don't know. I don't know what the confirmation number is, because I wasn't able to pay for it over the phone. However, what I do know is that I'm going to Cabo for love, to marry the man I adore and whom I have loved and fought to be with for years. And although you don't know who I am, and I don't know who you are, what I do know is that what we are truly made of is that which is love in its entirety. That's what I know, and that's what my whole being believes in. And of all the things that you believe in on a daily basis, today, just for today, I'm asking you to believe in love. To believe and to trust in that which you are. That's all. God, did I really just say that? He's probably thinking, what a bunch of... He eyed me with a sincere look and quietly handed me a blank piece of paper. Write down why you need to travel to Cabo and any other details pertaining to your trip. I felt like someone had called overtime, and there I was, given another chance to win this. I quickly wrote out the details of my trip and handed it to him. I need to get approval from my manager. Be right back. He left his counter, and I closed my eyes, put my hands in prayer position, and prayed to God and the other ascended hosts of light available at that point in time. Hear my plea for help. I could feel my heart almost beat out of my chest, and all I could think was, love, 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 please, love, be present with me. While in the middle of my love mantra, I heard tapping on the window. 
Divine Grace? Miss Divine Grace? He was back. Good news, we'll go ahead and process your passport. Yes! I swear my heart leaped out of my chest in jubilation. Come back in a couple of hours and you'll be all set, he said smiling. Wait, what? I heard the universe pause the music again. No, it was more like it screeched it to a halt. I can't come back in a couple of hours. I need to be home to be picked up by the shuttle in less than a couple of hours. Is there any way around this timetable? I asked, explaining. Don't worry, I think it'll be okay. I, I can't guarantee it, but there's a very good chance it'll be done in 45 minutes. I'll push it through as extra urgent. And optimism was enough to help shift the energies of an unpleasant situation. Kayla and I paced the halls of the office building. 45 minutes isn't usually a long time, but this might have been the longest 45 minutes of my life. At exactly the end of 45 minutes, I marched back up to the window. The guy sifted through files and folders, and I could tell he was about to tell me that it wasn't ready. When someone from behind him dropped off an envelope marked urgent in red letters. He did a double take, and thank God he did, because in that envelope was indeed my passport. I had done it. I had overcome the impossible and was about to cheat time. I was beyond grateful, knowing that I had definitely been divinely guided to get to that point. Kayla and I whooped with joy as we hurried back to our car and back home. She was the cheerleader I needed, someone to stay positive and create more sweet energy of hope and optimism. God bless Kayla's heart for having decided to go on this wild adventure with me. I would not have been as optimistic and determined if she had not been present. On our way back home, I remember speeding down Highway 15, trying to get ahead of time. A particular song was playing, Florence and the Machines, Dog Days Are Over. I blasted it as loud as I could. Dog days were over. Someone had finally brought me the horses, and I was on my way down to Mexico. Horses and all. I had beat the system, and it was so damn good to feel free. Liberated from fear. The amount of triumphant glory that ran through my veins made me feel untouchable. I was in the presence of God, guiding me ever so safely to my destination. I trusted this. And that marks the end of chapter two. As you all just heard, there were so many obstacles, so many blocks, so many things, like rings of fire that I needed to basically run through. And every time that I thought, okay, I'm in the clear, there was always something else that came up. But what didn't change was my faith, my trust, and my surrender, that everything was going to work out just the way I had desired. And if not, probably even better. So now I've created these reference points in my life to go back to and go, 
oh my God, I remember that time where it was so impossible or it seemed impossible, yet I just kept having faith. I just kept trusting and everything in front of me was saying, nope, this isn't possible. Nope, you've got like fire (laughs) raging before you. You cannot cross and damn it. I said, no, I'm going to cross anyway. And I allowed the universe to just guide me. I allowed the universe. I allowed my spirit guides and my intuition to lead me. And so many, so many times could I have just given up or lost hope, lost faith. I could have just said, nope, this isn't happening. There's too much work here. But I had this sincere desire to go and to get there. I had this sincere desire that I was going to make this happen. And not only that, but I had put in sincere efforts to actually make it happen. And I made it happen. So as you are going through this process, following along or following through with your intuition or your spirit guides guidance, know that there will be times where it just seems impossible. Like, wait, you want me to go there? Really? Like, is that even doable? The universe would not lead you to certain paths if that wasn't if it wasn't doable. And I know this is like an extreme example, this story. However, right? As you practice the simple guidance on a day-to-day basis, the small ones, right? The simple ones. You create momentum. You start to really build that trust with spirit. And you realize that the things you are being led to do or say or be, that they're all possible and they're all doable. And and really, it's just a matter of you sometimes putting in some effort. Um, One of the last few episodes is about how, how bad do you want what you desire? There needs to be a sincere desire to accomplish or achieve the things that are on our list of goals but there also needs to have a sincere effort on our part to follow through and to do the work, whatever work that is, no matter how heavy or hard or impossible it looks. So in this chapter, I was able to follow through with the little breadcrumbs that spirit had um, had left for me to follow through with, right? The options that Carlos had given me, right? We had checked off option one and I had received my passport. However, the story isn't done. And although it ends with that like glorious triumph, right? Um, the story is not done and it continues on to chapter three. So I hope that you all tune in for next week for chapter three. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this story. This is actually one of my favorite stories um, about following through with intuition and spirit guides guidance. And so I hope that you are all able to receive from these stories. If you have any questions, feel free to get in touch. 
um, and just get in touch anyway <laughs> if you have any feedback. I, I love hearing back from listeners. Um, so again, thank you. And I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your week. And I will talk to you all next week with chapter three. Bye. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Divine Talks. If what you heard resonated with you, I invite you to follow me on Instagram at Divine Grace Today. And if you want to learn more about what I do and what I offer, I'm a healer, intuitive, trans medium, and channel. And I offer one-on-one sessions, classes, and events. You can check all of these out on my website, divinegracetoday.com, for more information. See you all next episode.